Did y'all know people still go see magicians? <laughs> Fuck magicians. <laughs> the practice of magic is aggressively worthless. <laughs> the only time I can think of people take the hard-earned money and buy tickets to watch somebody pretend to do something you know they can't fucking do. <laughs> None of y'all would buy tickets to an air guitar concert, would you? I don't think so. <laughs> Plus, I don't know if y'all have given this much thought, uh, but I have. Uh, I think the practice of magic is sexist. That's right. Sexist. Y'all didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> it is. If you think about it, think about it real hard. You notice you never see any female magicians. That's right. David Copperfield, David Blaine, some other motherfucker named David. <laughs> you never see any female magicians. You know why? Because when they thought women could do magic, they burnt them motherfuckers alive. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Good Versus Evil. The bonus episode! <laughs> comic discussion of the end times. As always, I'm the good side of things, David Steves. And I am the evil side, John Batch. And ladies and gentlemen, this evening, we are very excited to bring to you an amazing comic, very funny, out of Lansing. He's a podcaster. He's a showrunner. And a Facebook jail veteran. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Robert Jenkins! hey robert how are you i'm doing all right how are you excellent man we're doing great awesome, dude. thank yeah. you so much for jumping on oh man thanks for having me heck yeah dude how's how's really? life been going this is crazy dude man shit i feel like it's been three months but then i feel like it's been 18 months too so <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's, it's been, been a lot man it's been it's been pretty crazy it has been it's it's been a whirlwind of a of a crazy pandemic now are you when do you think about getting back out there because i know i mean you've got a spectacular comedy career um i mean i i got to see you live which was mm -hmm. one of one of the highlights for me you're fantastic um uh, thanks man i appreciate that i don't <laughs> you know, so, hey what, what do you think's next for you have you done any zoom or are you gonna when are you about to break into live comedy again I've done a couple of Zoom shows. I actually, I did a live show uh, not too long ago. I did Mike Logan's album recording. And, Excellent. Uh, yeah, he asked me to do that a while back. You know, he had put it off, uh, you know, because everything. And then he rescheduled it. And, you know, so I was like, I was very excited to do that. That was a lot of fun. Um, shit. Other than that, I don't have much on the horizon, you know, for live shows. I it's fucked up because I was supposed to headline Dr. Grin's Labor Day weekend, 2020. And then I was supposed to headline Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase um, the following, that October. So the following month. Dang. We wow. rescheduled uh, Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase to early January. And basically that was the, that was like my birthday weekend and we couldn't do it we put it off again so uh i guess i'll just you know at this point i was like look we'll just let's just chill for a minute and then you know maybe we can come back to it sometime in 2021 uh yeah man i had a couple of things i had a festival i was supposed to i was supposed to headline uh in columbus which you know i was really excited because i like those folks down there they cool people mm -hmm. um but man, yeah, I put all that shit on hold, man. For me, it's like, I'd much rather just chill, man. It's hard for me to ask people to come out to my shows as it is. 
Shit, motherfucker, I ain't that funny. We would die uh, all the way to the great, hospital, but... motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck all that's that. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair, man. Uh, so I mean, you you obviously we've we've all uh, been through this situation. Yeah. I mean. Have, mm-hmm. What have been your your big uh, coping mechanisms trying to trying to get through all this shit? Man, well, you know, I um, I started playing the piano. Oh, okay. So, really? Interesting. Yeah, I got my mom passed away in 2018, and like, so she was a huge uh, Stevie Wonder fan, right? Okay. And so, as a way of you know, my my wife got me a keyboard because she knew how much I you know wanted to play songs as a way to kind of like connect you know with my mom because she's no longer you know with us so it was like you know I can learn how to play these songs these some of her favorite songs and that was I want to say that was 2000 that was the Christmas of 2018 so with comedy and with work you know I could only practice so much right. you know then all of this shit rolls around and it's like I ain't got shit else to do so I you know just play I've, I've been playing you know, i play two or three times i practice like two or three times a week you know wow. doing that wow. and uh it's fun i'm not really i'm not particularly that good but you know it's just uh just another thing to, to practice and it's sitting right there staring at you you know like <laughs> i got no, i got no excuse it ain't like i'm doing shit else man like you know might as well do that and we uh converted our basement i'm down here in the basement right now uh but we converted our basement to a gym like in february we finished in february 2020 like right on time we stripped wow. all the carpet out nice and put down we painted the floors and i got a heavy bag and like a squat rack and stuff down here so that was on time you know and uh other than that i've been oh i've been making bullets too <laughs> really now that's that's fucking yeah. cool that's like yeah, so, I, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, after that shit, after that shit went down at the Capitol in Lansing, right? I was like, "Oh, okay, I see how it is." I I, I literally said that. I was like, I was watching him act the ass and shit. I was like, "Oh, so that's how it is." And I went out and bought a bunch of shit. I got went out and bought a bunch of guns and shit, and you know, ammo. We in an ammo shortage right now. You can't find you can't find it anywhere. So it's like. You know, you got the real shit, you know, hollow all that shit, put that to the side, but you still need target ammo. Yep. So I got a um a buddy of mine gave me one of his old um one of his old like basically re one of his old bullet making sets. And uh it, it's a bullet press and he gave me all like the extra stuff to go with it. And it was his old thing, so he gave it to me for cheap. And uh, you know, I got off into that. And you know, I make a nine millimeter forty five two two three, and that's what I carry. So right, nice. Mm-hmm. No, that's so you have to be super. Sorry to step on you, John. That's that's all right. But you have to be super like diligent with the measuring and you know the grain that you're putting in there. And so Man. I have a couple of buddies who who also do that, mm-hmm. but they they feel it's very uh, like just it's 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 how they relax their mind although mm-hmm. it seems super difficult so do you use that as sort of like a meditation as well yeah i mean it's like once you i'm I'm somebody who struggles with routine like it's very hard for me to do anything the same way twice like even like when i'm on stage um i might start with the same joke i might end with the same joke but everything else in the middle of there that's just kind of how it comes to me however it comes to me and that's cool to a certain extent, but you got to be able to follow directions and do things in, in steps to make your life more efficient and easier. And with this making these bullets, like it, this is the motherfucking process. Like you do boom, boom, boom. If you don't, you might, <laughs> you know, you might end up with, with, a with a problem. So oh, yeah, split barrel. it, it helps oh, yeah. me because it keeps me in like, you know, it, it makes me go in order, which it, which is something that I need. So that's awesome. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. We've we've all seen Schindler's List. Uh, you got to make sure that you're. <laughs> I don't know. That was. Uh, but no, so <laughs> I've never seen Schindler's List, so I'm wondering what that is in reference oh, to. But uh, I know what I'll, it's about, I'll, so that can't be good. It, I'll explain later, David. Uh, <laughs> but, Damn, man. Um, 
but yeah, that, that, that's. I mean, do you have a do you have a preference on what you what you carry or? Um... Uh, not nine millimeter. Okay, that's what I. I mean, um, I carry two of them. Okay, so if this that's the only the nine millimeter is the only caliber that I would feel comfortable carrying two of them because you can control. I I can control them with one hand. I mean, you don't obviously in situations you don't draw both of them, but like it's like if need be right. that's much more easier to control than the 40 cal or 45 you know what i mean right so i have nine millimeter i have 45 i have a new a new gun i got i got a um five five seven by 28 okay the ruger five seven it's a you, you know the fn hersel yes so they just came ruger just came out with another gun the same caliber, but this is like, you know, FN, FN, that shit is expensive. Yes. So <laughs> um, this Ruger is, I think I paid, I want to say 620, 630 for it. Really? That's cheap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that thing is a trip. It's a fuck, like a fucking pocket rifle. You can shoot that <laughs> thing. I mean, it shoots flat, man. I You can shoot that. I shot that, what, 120 yards? Wow. Shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously, you know, you get that far out, especially outside, it's going to be, you know, you lucky to hit. You ain't going to hit nearly as close, obviously, as you would from 15 yards or even 15 feet. But just to be able to shoot something that far, shoot a handgun that far and have it stay that flat, that's mm -hmm. something, you know, it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, because you can shoot. You, obviously, if there's a threat. You could shoot them well before they can shoot you. That I mean, that's the whole. Well, yeah, I mean, it, right? that's the thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now, how yeah. did you get into hand? So you speak really eloquently about everything, right? But especially about handguns, and usually, like, if nobody knew you, like, I'd be like, "Oh, this guy's got a military background," or "This guy, you know, oh. former law enforcement," because you're super like into it. So, how did you get into it? Who taught you all this stuff? How, how did that go? It actually relates to comedy. Um, when I was, I want to say this 2013, I started 2012, July 2012. And like 2013, when, we, when I started back then, I just happened to get very lucky and fall into a spot where there were lots of rooms that you could go do comedy in and get paid. For whatever reason, just at that time, you know, if you had 15 or 20 minutes, you could go lots of different places all across Michigan and get paid. So I was very fortunate, you know, like, uh, you know, like Jerry, Jerry Donovan, I don't know if y'all know him. He put me on a bunch of rooms when I first yeah. started, you know, he's one of the first people to ever book me. And so I was doing a lot of that on the West side, but then I was doing stuff, Northern Michigan and the Northeast Michigan too. And, you know, they don't like niggas out there. So <laughs> I went out there. Yeah, I know. Shocker. Yeah. Right. I went out there. Um, this was, I want to say, winter, fall, 2013, something like that. I go out there, I do a show, and it's a bar. I can, I don't even remember the fucking name of it, but you know, it's a decent sized crowd. And there's this table up front, and it's uh, three guys and and a, and a woman. And this happens to me a lot. I don't know why, but. I guess, I guess the bitch was laughing too hard or something. <laughs> so the dude she was with was like, you know, he had an issue with her enjoying herself that much. So she's laughing. You know, everybody's laughing. And I'm not yeah. really paying it no mind. But you kind of look at folks sometimes. And you say, oh, they, they don't like me. or something that's off. Because if everybody around them is laughing, but they ain't, they stick out. You notice that when you're in the right. crowd you're doing some shit and you're doing well. And then for whatever reason, it's this table right here. The motherfuckers just ain't feeling you, right? And it was even weirder because she was laughing and them other motherfuckers wasn't. So it's like, okay, <laughs> this is this is weird. So after the show, I'm standing around waiting to get paid, as you do. You know, they always, they never break a motherfucker off their money at, right after the show. You got to wait. You know, it's like they back there shaking chicken bones and shit, trying to figure out how they going to give you your goddamn money. So <laughs> I'm waiting. Tip by jar, like... Yeah, you know, on some so that make motherfucker way too long. Pay motherfuckers when they done with the shit. Okay, just pay them. Goddamn. Anyway, Solid I'm standing advice. there waiting. 
And then they come up to me after the, after the show. And sometimes you can diffuse those situations like, okay, I don't know. Let's see where this goes, you know. And they started off kind of friendly, but I think they started off friendly to see how I would respond. Mm -hmm. And when I just, when I didn't really respond, that's when they kind of got aggressive. You know what I mean? Like they, you know, they, you know, kind of getting too close to me. And I'm like, hey, y'all going, y'all should chill. You know what I'm saying? Y'all should chill out. So they start talking shit and I'm not one, you know, I don't really know much about the back down. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, whatever, right? I say some shit back, they say some shit, they leave. And, you know, I know they outside, they, they ain't left, they just outside. So I go, I look outside and I see them standing by this time, it's like three other, maybe three, four total cars in the parking lot. They're parked very close to my car. I don't, I don't know if they knew it was my car or not, but they just so have to be parked close to my car. So I go talk to the bar manager and I'm like, hey, I had problems with these dudes while I was waiting on you to pay me. Uh, what can you uh, go out here, at least look out the window or something, you know, cause I'm gonna go to my car and it might be some shit. And he was basically like, show's over. I don't care what happens to you. For real? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's wild. Wild shit like you gotta that. Protect talent, man. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I guess, you know, the most, some motherfuckers don't care. You know, after you've done the show, they don't give a fuck about you. So I'm like, okay. So I didn't have a gun at that time, but I did have a switchblade, right? So I go outside. I got the switchblade. They stand in there talking shit, acting like, you know, they want to do something, but they are on the passenger side of, of my car. They ain't came over to where I am. So they're not stopping me from getting in my car. So they don't really, they just want to talk. So, you know, I'm saying whatever, but I'm I'm not a fool. I'm getting to my car so I get the fuck on too. And then when I got in the car on the way back home, I say, uh, next time, if I come out here again, yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that. So that's how that got started. And, um, you know, I got my first gun on my birthday of 2000 and uh 14. Oh, wow. So yeah, 2014. And uh it was not nine millimeter. Uh Springfield. Almost all my almost all my handguns are Springfield. Springfield Armory. That's what yes. I tend to carry. Um and that just part of that is that's the first gun they put in my hand at the gun store. Like, you know how sometimes the first thing you introduce to that's just what you go with, you know, because it's like, okay, I'm I like guns, guns are cool but I'm not like a gun nut. I'm not the type that like, fixates. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because some motherfuckers they don't get no pussy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they just, <laughs> just, you into yeah. this too much. You're not getting, you don't get no pussy. So that's why you is in this. But me, <laughs> I'm more of a pragmatic type. You know, I wanted something that was very safe. They got like, most Springfields, they have three safety. They have an internal safety, a trigger safety, and a, a grip safety. Yeah, so you got to really try to fire that motherfucker for it to go off. Um, yeah, and so that was the first one I got. It was a nine millimeter XDM, three point eight. Um, and then you know I've just added them along the way. That got too, that one got too long. I like also too. I like small guns. I like shit you can conceal because I'm not trying to walk up into my place, motherfuckers looking at me anyway. i'm I'm not trying to walk in here with a motherfucking hand cannon like you know that's the whole point of carrying concealed surprise man right 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 and and i don't and i don't like people to feel uneasy you know a lot of people don't like guns period so Mm -hmm. if they just so happen to see you with one it ruins their time you know this that's not what this is for this isn't I don't carry these guns to make somebody feel uneasy or nervous. I carry them for me because I'm not going to call the police and I don't expect nobody else to uh, get involved. You know, you, you on your own. So that's why I got these, you know. Yeah. I remember when I, Oh, I'm sorry, John, go ahead. No, I I just, I'm, I'm fascinated by this conversation because I I enjoy guns, but like the extent of my knowledge is, you know, shooty thing, go bang, bang. Uh, You know, it's not, (laughs) It's not great, it's, it's, but it's about what does. Right. Uh, Pretty much. But, yeah. but, but, but I am I am curious in terms of like 
because you talk about, you know, obviously uh, carrying it to different venues and stuff. What what are the the laws in Michigan uh, when it comes to um, like carrying concealed, bringing it to a bar, that sort of thing? That's the thing. Okay, so you're supposed to, uh, you're not supposed to carry concealed weapon in a place. Now, this is not legal advice. Even though I am a lawyer, this is not legal <laughs> advice. So don't pull up this video and be like, the comic slash lawyer said I could do no, don't do that. <laughs> this is just the way I understand. Sure. So you're not supposed to be able to carry a, a concealed weapon in a place uh, where 50% of their, more than 50% of their revenue comes from sale of alcohol by the glass. So you got bars, stuff like that, right? Sure. There is an exception in there where it says, employees of the venue can carry so, so what am i in there for right right you're you're am I an employee, in, you're an employee or, at that point or, well or am i independent contractor right it right. you don't know for me i don't hide really what i got going on so if i'm in a place i'm like hey i'm gonna be there i talk to the owner like, hey look i'm gonna be in there uh what we gonna do because i'm bringing my shit <laughs> so you know a lot of times places will you know I, you you lock them up you know you got trigger locks put the trigger locks on them you know what i'm saying have them down like there are places you, i've put the stuff in safes in the office you know what i'm saying yeah. stuff like that i'm trying to because it's not about you know, this isn't an emotional support weapon. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. this is like, <laughs> like I don't need to know, pet this. <laughs> yeah, because some motherfuckers walk around and it's like, oh, my gun. Like, no, this is real life shit. Like, I got this for a specific purpose for, to protect me. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. I'm trying to protect me. So how can I do this the way, in a way you don't feel bad about it? I don't feel bad about it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but then a lot of places don't don't meet that. Like a lot of clubs, a lot of places. Sure. The area is all such is such a huge gray area. You know what I'm saying? They didn't do a particularly. They did a good job telling you where you couldn't carry it. Like the exceptions that they have are kind of weird. Um. But a lot of the places are very well defined, like no school zone, you know, school zones, hospitals, churches, church, unless yeah. the church, unless the the, the, per, the pastor, whoever says it's okay, you can. Different. So it's like a lot of that stuff has to do with like, I don't know. In other states, it doesn't matter. Like in, Indi in Indiana, you can, you can conceal carry. Uh, they put the onus on the... Uh, person carrying the weapon you can't consume any alcohol just fair right that's yeah i right. would say that's fair yeah right that's, right i mean as... you know i'm not much of a drinker when i don't drink really when i do comedy anyway i have like a, a drink saturday night after the second show when it's all done yeah but sure you know that's how it should be i'm the one carrying it like the owner should be on me to maintain safety and shit like that so for sure yeah. It, was, it was crazy when they had those shootings down at Fort Hood and because mm -hmm. uh, I was in the military for nine years. And mm -hmm. so everyone's like, how could somebody get away with a shooting on Fort Hood? I'm like, well, all military installations, you can't you can't carry. Yeah. Like you have right. to check in your weapons. through. Right. The, and they were like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. I'm like, well, so are some of these crazy laws you guys are trying to come up with. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean. <laughs> Do you like, okay, so a lot of people don't know this, but like a lot of the concealed carry laws are rooted in racism. Yep. So, you know, like for listeners, if people who listen and watching who don't know this, when, you know, after slavery and the great, with the great migration from the South to the North, black folks in America experienced a lot of trouble with like night riding gangs and all this, a lot of lynching, all that type of shit. And a lot of times the police were the ones lynching when they was off duty. So you, it ain't no real place for you to go and fucking protect yourself. So black folks, a lot of black folks start carrying pistols and shit and was shooting motherfuckers, you know, and like, you know, defending themselves. And when that started, it's like, oh, well, 
now you got to have a permit to carry a concealed weapon and or you can't it'll just bullshit you know so a lot of that stuff is rooted in that yeah i mean even the the assault the the you know assault rifle ban that started with the black panthers in california ronald reagan governor ronald reagan they put that shit into action when when the panthers stormed the fucking state capitol uh, with them things you know they was like we got to put a stop to this so that's where that shit came from you do such a nice job, especially on stage, because I've I've seen you perform and I, I I was just enamored with you. It was great. You have such a great like social lens that you're able to talk about really edgy topics, but also make them funny. How do you strike that balance? I I miss a lot. <laughs> hey, you miss a lot. You do a lot of jokes. I write a lot of jokes. I do open mic, man, and that shit don't be hitting, bro. You know, that's what it's that's what the open mic is for. It's like you you write a joke. I try to write a joke, and uh, I, I it, it's a lot of me sanding the rough edges off of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, hold on for one second because I got to change my headphones. For sure, you get the yeah. batteries dying. <laughs> no worries. All right, can y'all hear me now? Yes, sir. Oh yeah, oh, we got good. you. All right, good. Just uh, so um, damn. What fuck we talking about? Oh, me fucking up. Uh, <laughs> so you do a lot of jokes. I do. You do a lot of. I do a lot of jokes, and they just you know don't hit. But that's the process. Like you just keep working through it. Keep you know. And then the more you do it, the more you get a feel for kind of how things should come. You know how they should write. How they should come out. Like the more jokes you do the more of a joke is already formed in your head when you sit down to write it the first time. So you do, you end up doing a lot of the groundwork mentally. So you don't have to do as much up front when it first comes out. And, you know, through trial and error, just basically just doing a lot of stuff. um, Just doing repetition, man. That's kind of what it, what it is. Yeah, for for sure, and and you've been you've been doing this now for for uh, how long? About uh, long about this, for a minute, this, right? Yeah, this year this year don't really count, uh, well, do it? Th- like, no, it, oh, it doesn't. doesn't. No, no, fuck no, absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> shit, I mean, I've been, I think I've been on stage like five times. Oh shit! Yeah, that's you know, no. so like, that's a lot during the pandemic. Though. I mean, that's good. I've been, I've been, you know, you know, you write or whatever. I do like some Zoom shows and stuff. But anyway, I started in July 2012. Okay. So this is July. It would be nine years. We'll, we'll call it eight. I'm, I'm good with that. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, you've been doing it uh, a while. I mean, how, how have you seen, um, you know, kind of piggy- piggybacking on, on David's question, but how, how have you seen your own style develop through, through that time? Um, I, when I started, I was, I was very technical. I was very technical joke writer. Cause like, you know, I had, if, as a matter of fact, if you saw some of the stuff that I first did, you wouldn't have any idea that I am this now. Like, I did jokes about, like, Little Caesar's Pizza and, like, <laughs> all types of shit, you know, like, <laughs> simple shit, because yeah. I feel like you got to know how to write a joke. You got to know how to write a joke first, you know, because the topics, if you want to talk about something important, you got to be able to kind of handle that stuff with care, and it's a good way to learn how to do it on topics that you may not care as much about. So, you know, I, I used to break it down, like to last for a minute, you know, like work, like I was so, I was so crazy with it where I had, I would listen to my sets and I knew how many word, how many seconds it would take me to say X amount of words. And I know, these laughs have to be here, here, and here for me to maintain six laughs a minute. You know, the longer the lead up, the more tags you have to have after the punchline yes. to get the, the laughs that you want to get. Because, you know, people pretend like comedy is subjective and it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Like people Some laugh, or they, pe- yeah. people right. laugh or sure. they don't. Now what they laugh about is something dip- is, that's subjective. But if they not laughing, motherfucker, they not they not laughing. Like that's very objective. Like it's if you funny. on there yeah. and you just bombing and shit, like 
no, that is very objective. So there, there is, there are some guidelines to it. There are some very technical things that you can learn to at least give yourself a framework, you know, from which to work. And then once you get those rules down, then you can kind of disregard them and kind of start doing other things. So yeah, I was very technical when I first started. I, I've kind of moved away from that. I don't really, that's not something that I'm like constrained to, but it's still there. Like I would hope I never really abandoned like basic joke structure. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. Yeah. You've, you've, um, you've also ran uh, Max Bar for, for a, a little while, here, mm -hmm. right? Um, for a number of years. And, and um, uh, again, obviously it's a, a great room, but um, what, what is your, your preference on that? Do you prefer being the guy up front in the spotlight? Do you prefer being the guy running the room? I mean, wh what, what do you? I think they all serve a purpose. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like you Absolutely. can learn a lot about comedy without even being on stage. Right. You know, like if you just, if you, you learn, a, I learn a lot from watching other comics too. And, you know, for example, Max, like, you know, Pat Sievert, Dan Curry, Megan Coddington, like all fabulous comics in their own right. You know what I mean? Right. Jackie Marple was there. She was great. Jason yeah. Carlin, Mark Roebuck. Like these are all people that I was able to watch and kind of learn from and like see how they handle certain things and did certain things. And um, you can learn a lot by watching. And then, you know, we had people, a lot of people coming in and out of there, you know, all different types of comics coming in and out of there. So right. I'm a fan of comedy. I like watching and uh, it's just, you know, I learned from watching. You learn, you know, when you set something up, when you set a, when you set a show up, you, you can learn a lot of things too. You know what I mean? Um, we recorded sure. albums there, you know what I'm saying? So that, that was a learning experience in and of itself. Uh, you, I mean, to, I guess to answer your question, nobody gets into comedy to set up mic stands. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but, that's, you know, that's, that's a good point. That's nobody, you know, I didn't get like, oh, I can't wait. I got, got to set up this mic stand tonight. Like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I, that's what, not what you get into it for. Sure. Uh, everybody wants to be on stage. You comic, you want to be on stage. You want right. to get laughs and you, you got something to say, you know, hopefully you got something to say. Um, but there isn't, there isn't really a part of Max that I disliked doing. So, you know, it was, each part had its own thing, you know. Yeah. Like I know with, with John and I run baby whiskeys, I, I, I like to perform better than I like to host. I'm okay at hosting, but I mm -hmm. really enjoy performing. Mm -hmm. I love going up near the beginning of the lineup so I can watch the rest of the show. I right. love right. watching the show. So if you were to tell somebody like, Hey, that was never into comedy, pick your like five favorite comics of all time that you would, that you would say, you need to see these people in order to get them into comedy, where would you put in your top five? Ooh. Let's see. I know that's an off the cuff question, but I was uh, really curious. Uh, you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of comics, a lot of comics will think about this. Like, okay. So I would say, um, all time. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's, I will go. One of them would be Patrice O'Neill. Love um, Patrice. Yes. <laughs> You know, he's just, he was a genius. You know what I mean? He's a genius. He didn't write anything down. Like he just, a lot of, he didn't say anything that he didn't believe. So that. like, right. whether it was funny or not, like he believed it. Like you knew like, this is the truth. You didn't agree. You, you know, <laughs> you'd be a crazy <laughs> person to agree with everything. Patrice <laughs> That's fair. But, I mean, just the unvarnished, just truth that he, that he, you know, came with, you know, that was, so he'd be one of them. Um, I think Dave Chappelle is probably the best comedian alive for sure. I mean, he might be the greatest of all time. I feel like he's, yeah, I, he's, he's probably the greatest comic of all time for me anyway. 
Um, so you got those, those two. Um, a, a friend of mine, I have a friend, uh, her name Jackie Cation. I don't know if y'all know who she is. I know her. You I should. Feel, she's, I feel she, like I know the name. She's one but... of these people that should be a lot, uh, she should have a, a, a lot more notoriety than she has, right? Like I met her in 2016, something like that. And she's just a really, really good comedian. Like awesome. does everything well, right? She doesn't like shortcomings. Like she has a very well-rounded game like on stage she can do pretty much everything and here's something that a lot of comics don't know um if women comics are better at certain things than the male comics oh yeah like just flat out better for sure right so for example y'all have y'all do weightlifting you guys ever do like weightlifting like powerlifting or anything like that not anymore. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so like, there was a time when the day <laughs> there was a time when I was doing powerlifting and stuff, right? You know, not hardcore, but just doing you know squats and you know deadlifts and all that type of stuff, right? The women powerlifters always had better form. They always had better form. They always had better technique because they couldn't rely on brute strength. So they had to have the technique and stuff down. Like my wife uh, does power. She did, we did power listening together. Her technique was always better than mine, period. Like no matter what, <laughs> like she just had better form than I could, uh, than I did, you know? And so when it, when it comes to comedy, I think that a lot of women comics have better joke writing structure and technique than male comics do. This is a generalization. Of course, sure. there are exceptions to every rule, Absolutely. right? But women <laughs> comics, part. women comics are faced with certain challenges that male comics are not. Another thing that women comics are very, very good at is getting a laugh immediately. When they go on stage, yeah. getting a laugh immediately, whether it be like a funny look or something like they all have different techniques, different styles to do it. But but they the reason that they have to do that is because like with me, people might see me before I go on stage and they may have certain preconceived notions about what type of comic I am, but nobody would just look at me and assume I can't be funny. Fair. Right. So they might yeah, think, you know, they I'm do say, that with women. Women, yeah. women they got the, the right. original, the first barrier is can women, barrier. Even, can, bear, can women even be funny, right? So you have motherfuckers that sit right. there and just think women can't even be funny. So they go on stage and if you if you notice, a lot of them quit with it, just boom, like the first couple words. They might I've seen certain Jackie is good, Jackie's good at this. I've seen her get a laugh before she even says a word. You know what I'm saying? Like right. she it's just the look or physical right, comedy. Yeah. Right, right. Something, right. something. And it's the it's not like it does, it's not slapstick. It's not like, hey, look at me, I'm a clown. It's just like this is i want to let you know that i know what the fuck i'm doing quick and you know the the quicker you get that first laugh the crowd can relax like okay this person is a professional good because the longer it takes to get that first laugh the harder it is to get you know yeah it's so, like quicksand right <laughs> oh, it's no. an right and you really gotta <laughs> fight to get out of there so that's so she's number three um Gary Goldman is probably number four. He's a really good oh, one. Gary, yeah. Um, just, yeah, he, he's, I mean, he he knows so much, right? And he's he's somebody, like, there was this thing he was doing on Twitter where once a day he was just giving out tips for comics to just, you know, marinate. You know, here, this is free game. Do it like this. And yes. he's the type of person where you see him say that, but then when you watch him, you see him do the things that he said. Like, he's not just throwing the shit out there to seem cool. Like, he's just, he's telling you, like, okay, this is what you should do. And then to go see, because I've seen him, I had the chance to see him a couple times. To see wow. it in practice, it's like, yeah, okay. He really got the shit down. This is what he does. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
So I would say, and, and so I would say those four, and let me, let me think of a fifth. I'm trying to think real hard. Um, we're, we're both right here, Robert. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a tough choice. We can't. Right. Between either one of you, huh? Um, let me think. You know, I would say Monique. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cause, cause, cause what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give you five where you'll get all this different, you know, you can cover as between the five of them, you got everything covered. Yeah. Like that's out of the five yeah, of them. For sure. If you can watch all five of them and, and, and ain't nothing funny to you, the motherfucker, you just don't want to laugh. Like <laughs> right. Right. I, I would say that the five of them, you, that covers what I laugh at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she she's such an excellent performer and so comfortable on stage and like authentic. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. she's another one where I don't believe she's told a lie on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like the shit that she says is like this is this is her. Like what you see is what you get. And She's just such a she's just such a fucking solid performer. You know what I'm saying? Like, just when you want to go see, like, if you want to go see like a show, like, go see, go see Monique. So, so that would awesome. be it. Yeah, I, I love it. And and just to just to flip things on its head and make it awkward because I can. Let's uh, let's talk your five least favorite uh, comics of all time. Oh damn! Are we talking? Okay, so are we talking? All right, so before I answer, and I, I answer questions. But, <laughs> and, and again, this keep in mind, we're, in we're right here. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I just want to make sure I'm answering this the right way. So are we talking about least favorite as in they're bad or least favorite as in I don't know why people like this comic? The, I, the second Be, because one. Because it's, it's like, okay, it's for everybody, right? Sure. But I don't fuck with it, right? So I would say Chris D'Elia is one. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody. I agree with I'm that. I'm not even talking about, the I'm not even talking about that other out. shit. I'm not even talking right. about that other shit. Like, okay, the other shit. That's for another episode. That's right? a whole other. That's right. a whole. <laughs> there's a whole lot of motherfuckers that should be over there, right? Right. So, <laughs> at least half I, of the open mic scene. So, yeah, I don't get it. I just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get his thing. Um, I hate to criticize women comics to get criticized enough, but I don't really like Eliza Schlesinger. Mm. I just that's, don't like. That's fair. And it's bad because it's like, it's not like she's. I don't think she's a bad comic. She just. I just don't fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? If we're talking about people that people like, and she's obviously, you know, people buy tickets to watch her. Oh, you know what I'm sure. saying? She's so, I mean, she's done shit 10 times as much with comedy than I have. So she's doing something right. I'm just saying, okay. I don't fuck with it. You know what I mean? Um, let's see. So that's two. I don't like physical comedy, really, like just slapstick shit. So I don't really fuck with Gallagher. Like, <laughs> the whole water that, that shit is weird to me like this that's weirdo shit to me i didn't realize he was a comedian um, until later in life i was like yeah. i just thought he was a guy that broke stuff on shit, right? yeah that's like it's just just weirdo shit to me <laughs> so, um i don't like jeff dunham because he's he's racist but he hides behind puppets <laughs> like that's look, a valid point yeah just, that's you, super look, valid you're I like mean, it's, it's funny because this guy is saying it but it's yeah, really I him mean, saying it but it's 2021 it's right. plenty of racist motherfuckers out here <laughs> if you want to be racist i'm sure you got an audience motherfucker like if that's what you just do your right. shit i i don't fuck with it but i'm it's plenty i mean trump was in office motherfucker so you know <laughs> racist <laughs> motherfuckers here so let's right. not pretend like you know, you can't say this shit because somebody will buy those motherfucking tickets. So um, they're all from the Republican National Committee, but we get it. We know where it's going. We know where right. the money's coming from. Right. <laughs> right. Um, 
I don't. So so those so those four, and I'm trying to let's see. Think of somebody. Hmm. Because, you know, you want it to be somebody that people, for whatever reason, you know, people buy tickets, but I don't really. No, dude, um, whoever you think didn't, didn't deserve it, right? I mean. Well, no, I, here's the thing. I'm not going to say anybody. That's the thing. I'm not saying that people don't deserve because that's, that's yeah. not my business, what people deserve. I got nothing to do with that because motherfuckers get out here and they, they get on their grind and they, they don't want to do these shows. They the ones doing all this other shit. It's a lot to go to comedy that don't have shit to do with talent. So from that standpoint, I can't speak on that. I'm just saying I don't fuck with it. So um, yeah. let me think. Um, I mean, Larry the Cable Guy comes to mind. I don't know. Is he still around? That's I don't easy, know. though. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know what? Yeah. Okay. Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> I guess that's easier. But it's like I see him do comedy that black comics would get crucified for. The mm-hmm. shit is so, like, people always had this weird thing about black comics. They talk about, you know, fucking the stool and all this other shit. And people want to make fun of that. But come on, man. That motherfucker got several houses that he didn't pay for and swimming pools. And he ain't had an original thought ever. So it's like, all right, let's be consistent here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. let's, let's keep it real. Let's, let's be consistent. So... That's fair. That's awesome. I like it. Um, So in in terms of, I mean, I know we kind of talked uh, favorite comics already, but is there, you've obviously been been doing this for a while, worked with a a lot of uh, different people. Is there anybody that you've not worked with yet? Um, I mean, again, other than maybe some of your people that we've already talked about that you just say, it would be really cool to to work with that kind of person or with that person. Let me think. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because like the people, some of the people that I named. Like, sure. I mean, you, you can know, just like, you can say just say it was a dumb fucking question because we already talked about it. You're you're. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's, <laughs> you know, let me let, let me. You know what? Let me come like, back. I gotta come let, up with six, seven, eight. Let me eight come now? back to that. Let me come back to that because, <laughs> like, there's because there's lots of different reasons why. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like some people. Okay, Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Because one of the things that I don't do hardly any of is crowd work. Okay. I don't. I don't. He's killer. Yeah. Right. I I don't do it. I mean, for number one, I'm a feature. The vast majority of what I do is feature work. So if you don't have 20 minutes of jokes, motherfucker, go home. (laughs) Saying like, you should have that. (laughs) So it's like, I I don't really, you know, I, I, I very much feel that 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 crowd work part that's kind of like the headliner's domain and the host you know the host does it you know for me as a feature actor just come in i do my shit and then i go about my business and so but it's a gradual move like you know when you when you feature it's gradual like you feature 100 percent of the time then like you headline 10 percent of the time and then you headline 20 percent of the time and then you're constantly evolving, right? And so even with the times that I've headlined, I still haven't done much crowd work because I haven't been in the practice of doing it, right? So if I if I wanted to get a crowd crash course on it, it there's I mean, this he's the he's the guy. Like that's the guy that right. you go watch. And I, I met him. He was cool. He's he's a cool dude. I met him in Ann Arbor. Awesome. He was you know out because I've seen him. A couple times and um you know i got a chance to meet him he was a nice guy but as far as working with somebody he would be somebody i work with because you just watch you pay attention and it's like some of that is gonna if you're paying attention some of that's gonna rub off on you right so yeah awesome yeah that's great so now that you're moving into, you know, the, the headliner and, and you, you've been a headliner and it, like you said, it's a sliding scale, right? So 20, mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever thought about, I mean, cause you do your, you have a great professional life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've ever, I mean, what's your next step? I mean, everyone says, well, New York or 
or Los Angeles, or do you want to stay in the in the Midwest and just make the round? Yeah, I'm around not here. I'm not moving. So, <laughs> no, I'm not moving. I'm not moving uh, to. I won't be moving to another city to do comedy. Right on. So I'm not because I'm from here. So, like, and and this isn't a knock on motherfuckers who move. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know, sure. you got to move. For me, there are advantages. There are advantages to any situation in which you find yourself, right? So, you know, coming from Michigan, right? If I if I take a joke and I do it at open mics in, in Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids and Lansing and Ann Arbor and Detroit, and if it works at all five of those places, it'll work anywhere in the Midwest. Because mm-hmm. all five of those places are different. Right. If you go to a city, there's a lot more stage time, but a lot of those rooms are the same. So you go to a, a place point. and it's like, yeah, this killed in the city, but the vast majority of our shows are not in the city. They are all different types of places. You got, especially in Michigan, you got bars, you got like clubs, one nighters, you got like weird, lots of shit, right? Because in Michigan, comedy is still the comedy show that night is still very much the event of the night. In other places, in other cities, the comedy show is what they do on the way to the club. I never thought of it that That's way. A, so yeah, people will go to a show at eight, whatever. And then <laughs> yeah, because they go in and kick it. They go and hang out. They go and do all this other stuff, right? Here, people very much get ready to do the to go to the comedy show right so that's the thing and because of that there's more there's more stage time there's ability there's a you can do longer sets and you get paid faster in other places they pay you in stage time so you know you go other places you know your payment is that you get to do a 20 minute set at this place right and that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, everybody got their own motivations. Everybody got their own thing that they're looking for. But for me, if stage time is oxygen, why would you go somewhere where you have to fight for oxygen? Yeah. That's valid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so it's point. like, yeah. and you have an abundance of oxygen right here. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's here. And it's like, okay, you, you go to a place like, like Michigan. I mean, we don't have a club in Lansing anymore but like there was a time when you had joey's in livonia you had connections or trippers in lansing you had dr grins you had um an arbor comedy showcase holly hotel and mark Ridley's comedy castle that's wow, six right. weekends of work so right. that's a month and a half of work without ever having to leave and so if you did all of those, and I mean, if you feature some of those places, you get to do, you get to work them twice a year. Yeah. So you, you do that because the way I always thought about work, like comedy club, like work is what weekends can I fill? How can I fill these weekends? So, you know, you, you take a, a if you're featuring, you can probably count on that weekend from a certain club every year. If you headline it, it has to be every other year. Because yep. a lot of times the rotations is two years. So if you want to work 20, if you want to work 20 weekends a year and you want to headline, that means you need you need to get into 40 places. Where are you going to find those places? You know, as far as clubs over in, in in major cities that's a yeah that's a good point so you know you got i mean there are two clubs that i work in indiana there's two clubs that, that i've worked in ohio um i've been a comedy club man i've i've worked comedy club on state in medicine wisconsin like six times and it's sure, like yeah it's one of the best comedy clubs in the country and it's just fabulous. Like if you ever like their Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase 
Dr. Grins and and Grand Rapids. Those are like my favorite, like some of the best. And and really, Mark Riley's, those are some of the best run clubs around. Like all the different clubs I've been to. Those are some of the best run clubs, period. So I'm right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes people every advantage is a disadvantage and every disadvantage is an advantage if you look at it the right way. So instead of focusing on what you don't have by where you are, try to focus on what, what you can do because you don't have those things. Right. That's sound advice, man. Um, It's a lot of work that can get done here. And it's cool. Another thing about it from being, being like a, um, being from nowhere, you know what I'm saying? Like Lance, Lansing, Michigan, right? Like nowhere. Being, yeah, being it's from, pretty much, yeah. Nowhere, like. <laughs> I don't know how you, you feel know, being in Kalamazoo. You, you go to places, <laughs> I mean, you go to places, like I've been places, I've been to different comedy festivals and I've been in different places and, you know, people don't know you and, and you know, people act kind of weird, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, watch this. <laughs> and then it's like oh Rush him, yeah yeah it's like i know i mean i'm not trying to sound like overconfident or nothing like that but it's nice to be able to get good in the shadows that's because, I, I like the way yeah. i love it that you put that yeah however you however people see you the first time they see you that's how they're gonna remember you right so right. if you come up in a big scene and you're not good because nobody's good when they start you're not good it's going to be very hard to overcome that right so you can go out and get your grind on and like work super hard to get good and you can be good and you get better and and improve and all that stuff but people are still gonna remember you the first time they saw you so it's nice to kind of go someplace and um work without people watching you like y'all know who chad daniels is right dude yeah, love chad course. daniels yeah. yes okay so you know he start. he did a lot of shows in north dakota really right that's yeah. where he's okay north dakota like he was there a lot like he did a lot of stuff him uh who else got their start um tommy johnigan is a guy who did a lot of comedy in the middle of no like in in like small places like you know so I think it was Southern Illinois. Like he did his thing out there. Like you can get better wherever you are. Right. Um, you just have to like plan and like yeah. figure out, kind of have your goals and figure out kind of what you want to do. Um, but it, it's it's doable from anywhere because there's no there's no surefire way to get anywhere. Yeah, everybody no that like, everybody yeah. that's made it, they did it some way that was different. So sure, you can do it from anywhere. I love that. I wrote down that quote. I'm going to lead in with that when we publish this podcast. Get good in the shadows. Robert yeah, Jenkins. it's nice. There's no pressure. I love that. There's no dude. pressure, man. Right. There's no pressure. And then you know you go out <laughs> and you do your shit, and then you and then you go back home, and then you know you're in and you're out, and then you're gone. You know, and then you come back later. That's awesome. Oh, I only have one more question for you because we, I mean, we're actually already we're, bumping up against time, man. But oh, okay, dude, man, it's been fun, man. It's been, it's it's been, been, a, it's blast. been a blast. This is like a master's level class in comedy. That's why I, <laughs> I love this, dude. I love this. This is I just mean, what I think, man. I don't know. I, I, this is <laughs> info. If anything, is info that, that was passed down to me, right? So I'm just trying to pass it on, you know. So my last question is, what is Facebook jail like? And is that the reason <laughs> you put the gym in your basement? I'm just first curious. Of all, <laughs> first of all, I want to let y'all know. Ain't no rehabilitation in Facebook jail. It ain't no rehabilitation. They used to have programs. They used to, used to be able to get your GED and shit and, and get, get college credits. You can't do that. You know, you just in the system. And then once you're in the system, you just stay in the system. Cause you know you get out, you be, you know they put me on probation, right? This is real talk. They put me, listen, I swear, listen on everything. I put on my mama. They put me on probation. I got out of oh Facebook jail, 
and I had this thing on my account. I, I think I might have screenshot it, so I'll send you a picture <laughs> of it. It's like your account is restricted. Basically, watch what you say. Jesus. Like they was just like preemptively letting me know that they was on my shit. Like I had to, you know, I'm like, damn, do I got to drop too? Like <laughs> it was some bullshit, it was some bullshit, man. Like so, right. I've been, you know, I've changed. I got a brand new Facebook profile. You know that, right? I know. Yeah, I know. Right. I, yeah. I was excited when we, you friended I me. I was like, yes. John, we yeah. were uh, friends before on my so. own profile, yeah. and I had to dead that shit because. They gave me consecutive sentences, bro. <laughs> I got 30 days, right? And I was 30 days. I got 30 days. I was like eight days in. Them motherfuckers gave me another 30. I was like, fuck y'all, man. I'm out, I'm out of here, dog. So I shut that shit down. And I, Dude, you I had laid some low. snitches on your profile, bro. Oh, man. All types of motherfucking snitches. It be your own Dude. people. <laughs> Motherfuckers is ratting me out. But then, you know, I think once once you get a couple bands on you, they watching you. And it's oh. like, they just on your head. So, um, 100%. Asian I, officers is there. Mm-hmm. Right. I, you know, I, I've never had anything as extensive as, as that. I've had a couple like two, three day bands, kind of, kind of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the last time I, I got it, I got a, I think I got a, a three day band. They, they got me on something I posted and then they went back like a year and a half. And, and <laughs> caught something like, uh, who gives a I, shit? It was a year and a half ago. You didn't care yeah. then. I wasn't gonna never get out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna never get out because like they was hitting me. They was putting they was putting cases on me for from shit I did in 2016. I'm like, damn, y'all fuck. <laughs> and then I couldn't go back. It was I had so many posts. I had so much. I had so many uh, uh posts about white folks. And racism and shit. <laughs> like pick one. I had to I had to had to dead that shit and start over. So see oh, that but hilarious. that's that's the difference between Robert and I. His his he gets his bands due to you know crucial social commentary. I, I get mine because I posted something that was a little too you know, a little too much nudity or something. You know, uh, yeah, man, they 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 pick they fucking with people. I feel like they just gonna break that motherfucker up. It's too it's too big, they do too much. Yeah and mm-hmm. They got all this money, but they can't figure out how to fix the algorithm to make it like fair. They don't know how to like hire people that ain't white to like do shit. <laughs> like, come on, man. They just they they full of shit. Like even their banning system, you got. I mean, Rob, poor Robert got three times the amount of time that John did. Right. Like right. I mean, and, it's and, the same. Know, like it's, it's like the it's same crack system. and powder cocaine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, shit. you know you. Yeah, they 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 pull the shit. Yeah, they're great, man. Facebook, come on, Robert. This this has been an absolute uh, pleasure having you on, uh, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun, man. Absolutely. Before we get out of here, uh, do you want to let everyone know where they can can find you online or where you've got coming up? I know you've got an album uh, that is out as well. Yeah, I got um actually I got two albums. Uh, Two albums. I'm sorry. See, I I do my research clearly. (laughs) I got um. Achievement Unlocked, which came out in 2015. And then I got a Set for Salvation, which came out in 2019. Both of those are on like Amazon, Google Play. Um, now I didn't put my, my shit is not on Spotify because Spotify don't pay motherfuckers. Like, That's right. Pay me, bitch. I need my money. Right. <laughs> Download um, direct. <laughs> yeah. Something, you know what I'm saying? Like do something. They just be ripping motherfuckers off on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Apple Music, uh, iTunes, Google Play, um, Amazon Music, so you can find it there. I got a podcast that I did. I did one season podcast called How to Survive in America. Yes. And yeah. um, I don't know I don't know if y'all ain't listened to it or whatever, but like basically the, the premise of the podcast was me trying to learn skills that could help me survive if Trump won re-election. So yeah. it's about like growing your own food and take care of like protest injuries and like all types <laughs> of shit. shit like that. Like, yeah. yeah, like you know, yeah. and I had people stuff you need to know. Yeah, it was it was dope. I had people that like and I was just interviewing, like I'm not an expert in none of these things. So I brought on motherfuckers who knew what they were talking about and I just asked some questions. So it's mainly them talking. 
And then uh, just follow me on Rob J Comedy on, on Twitter, Instagram. Those, and that's my website too, robjcomedy.com. But the dates on there is old. So don't pay no attention. Completely refresh here coming up. Yeah. Refresh. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Rob. And uh, Dave, uh, what about you, my friend? I see GM Comedy on Instagram, Twitter, and of course, TikTok nowadays, because that's a thing. <laughs> and then, um, of course, just David Steves on the old Facebook. John, how about you? I am at the John Batch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can follow us here uh, at Good VS Evil on Facebook, at Good VS Evil Podcast on Instagram. Uh, contact us as well. Uh, contact at GoodEvilPodcast.com. Uh, Rob, uh, again, thank you so much for joining. This has been an absolute, absolute blast. Me, so much fun. Yeah. Uh, this has been Good versus Evil, a comic discussion of the end times. As always, I'm the good side of things, David Steves. And I am the evil side, John Batch. Enjoy the rest of your day. This is good versus evil.